The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Right, this is the place you tuned into the Take Twelve Recovery Radio Show. Denver's here. Good morning. Margie's here. Good morning. Mar is yes, here. Yes, I am. With Thank bells you. on. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We are broadcasting from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting in Albany, Oregon. Just don't drink. Walk, walk if you're ready. That's right. This is the place. That's right. This is the place. The studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, broadcasting worldwide via the internet and all your favorite podcasting platforms. 16 years of broadcasting the best, the gold standard in recovery talk and recovery music for you. We're glad you're with us. The topic this week is their life after meetings. Are we uh, are we doomed just to attend ninety and ninety forever and ever and ever? And if we stop going, will we relapse? Is uh, is doom around the corner? We're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, but that's our brand new theme song for two thousand twenty one. Michael Purrington and the Messengers uh, with uh, their song "This Is the Place." Yes, indeed. What do you think, Denver? <laughs> no mask is that did you edit that or no 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 that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> how that's, fitting for uh how fitting, the times right? yeah, yeah right i liked it right? i liked it very what, catchy what do you think margie i like it yeah, yeah i like the no mask thing <laughs> yep what do you what do you think there uh marv heavy man heavy man <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh my goodness sakes yes indeedy well um, hey, Monty Man, Monty oh. Man, let's see if if you remember this little ditty okay. from many years ago. Oh, yeah. And we're going to use it to usher in your weekly wine. Oh, boy. Hit it, maestro. Who takes the time to blend your favorite wine, my friend? <laughs> that little old winemaker, me. <laughs> oh, who says you never can miss with Italian Swiss? Little winemaker, me. Yes. <laughs> wow. Take you back, Marv. 
Yeah. <laughs> Italian Swiss colony wine. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's W-I-N-E. This is uh, the weekly wine, W-H-I-N-E, where the money man whines about something that more than likely is 100% powerless over. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> the U.S. Post Office. Oh, yeah. At least the one here in Albany, Oregon. So I went down there today. It opens up at 830, right? I mean, the outside lobby is open 24-7. Uh, but... Th- if your package is too big for your P.O. box, you get a little yellow slip that says so, and then you got to go show up and wait in that line, right? One guy, I, I get that, I get the cuts, I get all that. One guy, a line, 12 people, and they, you thought it was Christmas. They all had just enormous amounts of boxes that they were sending, uh, which is all well and good. You know, but I'm standing there now. I'm handicapped, right? So I'm standing there with my cane, and I'm thinking to myself as I look over to the left, this entire wall is taken up by greeting cards, and I'm thinking to myself here, as somebody that deals with being handicapped and standing in a line for almost 45 minutes, right? First of all, who buys greeting cards at the post office? <laughs> Have you ever bought a greeting card at the post office? Standing in line browsing cards. Yeah. So is that like <laughs> is is that what they call that impulse buy or whatever? Yes. You know. Uh, but I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a bench right there? Because there are a lot of people, you know, sixty years and up that can't stand that long. You know, that would really benefit. From a place to sit down, mm-hmm. go ahead and put your six-foot distancing sticker every six feet on the big, long bench if you want to. Um, but but I was thinking, who buys greeting cards? If if you buy greeting listeners, if you buy greeting cards at the post office, please please email me at takes radio dot net and tell me your story. I like I to know that. the Dollar Tree for like two for a dollar, right? <laughs> Christmas time, a pack of 24 for a buck? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we love you deeply. Well, here, here after, after you've bought it, you've got to stand in line and fill it out, too. Right. <laughs> but there's basically nothing to lean against. There's nothing. There's a glass case, but if you lean against that, it moves. <laughs> and I'm like, so, you know, in a country where we're supposedly very geared towards people with handicaps... Why in the world are we standing in line at the post office without some place to sit our blessed assurance down on? Mm-hmm. I have found myself during the holiday season traveling to uh, Tangent to oh really because to use their post office the because, cute little one down there yeah, yeah the yeah. one you'll bypass every day right and, and you won't even notice it's there there'll be uh, a farmer or two pull in there get his mail and pull out. You know, so yeah. it was well worth the drive to me because I have pulled in here and the line has just been backed oh up over to the gosh. carousel and people waiting on other people to pull out. And it's like, if oh, yeah, that's no, crazy. If there's no parking spots here. Move on, you know, park down the block and walk, which I had to. And or just I'd, come back later. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Like late later. Well, they got those crazy. Do you notice that the people working there aren't very friendly? There's one have guy. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I have. There's one guy that is. He's so, a little too friendly. Because so if he, you buy a greeting card and fill it out, give it to and him. Get up to the counter <laughs> and say, "Could I have a stamp?" 
<laughs> they really get upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, you know, I know. So, so I, <clears throat> I went and I had to pick up this box and I knew it was going to be too big even for the window that I was standing at because now they got this plexiglass that supposedly solves the COVID problem, right? Right. And so I knew he was going to have to give it to me down on the other end where there's more room to put the box. But as soon as I had that yellow slip, I turned around. I could see the look on people's faces. The look was, here's one of those guys that's going to cause the postal worker to say, I'll be right back. I will go get your box. <laughs> Which means... I will vanish for 10 minutes. <laughs> Coffee break. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm not the most loved guy in the line right now, you know. But uh, you served your time. Yeah, right? Well, what about those weird parking you have to back up? I got a ticket like a summer ago because I really? didn't see the sign or something and I parked straight in. 25 bucks. Wow. Well, I don't know whose idea that was. I guess they thought they were downtown Seattle or something. Yeah. But this isn't downtown Seattle. Right. As much as our lovely mayor would like to think it is and Mm -hmm. all the expensive lighting, you know, the runway. We call the runway. (laughs) Um, You ever come across the bridge at night from North Albany and drive down the runway? The next time you do that at night, check that out. It's like we, you're coming in for a landing on a landing strip. We used to call it running the gut. Running the gut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember the days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Margie, did you get that from uh, the mall cop? The... Uh, I don't know what one of the parking enforcement people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we got we have a lovely man. We have a lovely man who thinks he's a law enforcement officer <coughs> that likes to. Here's a little secret, guys. This guy rides around on a Segway. Yes. Right? It's, it's like a him. RoboCop Segway. Yeah. Right? And it goes up and down the streets in downtown Albany with a pseudo law enforcement officer uniform. He is not law enforcement. Right? Handing out tickets for people that are like a sixteenth of an inch into the yellow. Right? He takes it pretty seriously. He takes it very seriously. He is not a very pleasant man. And guess what? You don't have to pay those tickets. I, I now think, you tell me. I think he used to work at the post office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to pay the tickets yeah. morally, I guess. But but there's no, they're, they're not part of the Albany Police Department. They're not. It's not part of the court system. It's it's the downtown association. Oh. So if you tear I want up my twenty five dollars back, if you tear up that <laughs> ticket, don't do it in front of him and litter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like. Good to know. We're talking the same one. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see he pulls in over there at the courthouse, right? Oh, he loves yeah. to pretend like he's, yeah. you know, Columbo or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul Blart. Well, that's Paul interesting. Paul Blart. Yeah. 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 I'd like to take that segue and take it for a spin. <laughs> I mean, it looks like something out of RoboCop. It's not just your basic segue, right? It looks like. Something Christopher Pike from Star Trek was in. It's got bright lights. I know that. I saw it flashing three blocks away oh the other day. But they're not red and blue, right? No, they're, they're, they're yellow. yellow. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an amber. Yeah, yeah, beware of the yellow lights in a uniform, you know, that that's not that's not real. It's an all cop. <laughs> so there you go. There's my weekly wine for this week. That's right. We'll be right back.
Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. That's right. If you tune in today, this is the place. The place for what? I don't know. Place for something. For a giggle or two. Yeah, for a giggle <laughs> or two. Yes, indeedy. The topic uh, The topic this week, is there life after meetings? What kind of meetings are we talking about? Board meetings? Council meetings? No. Those 12-step meetings. Those recovery meetings. Is there <laughs> life after that? Now, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Greg F. Uh, from uh, Sonoma County, California. Uh, this is a guy I went to. Hi, Greg. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, bud. I don't hear him answer. So there he is. And a shout out to him. Uh, he uh, is uh, a 12-stepper like us. And, and uh, um, he does the whole meeting thing and stuff. And he, he saw my announcement for the topic. And he said something to the effect of, I can't imagine life without meetings. I go to like seven, seven a week, right? Um, and I said, well, I think you might enjoy the show because, you know, the titles to the shows often are a hook. People make assumptions. Oh, he's going to talk about, you know, you don't have to go to meetings anymore. And, you know, people make assumptions like that. No, not necessarily because we got kind of a mixed bag in this room, right? Um, some don't necessarily attend many meetings, some attend on a regular basis. Uh, some it's part of their profession. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's the work uh, that we do. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but is there more to recovery than just drinking bad coffee and sitting in a chair for an hour to hour and a half every single <clears throat> day, listening to people uh, share their experience, strength, and hope? Is there more to life than that? And Or is it okay that that is your life? Right? Because there are people, not just newcomers, not just people in their first five years, but people that have been doing uh, the recovery deal for decades, two decades, three decades, and they're in that meeting every single time the door is open. They are not missing that sucker. They are there. Do we fault them because it doesn't seem like they have a life outside of the meetings? Or do we even know if that's true or not? We just see them all the time. And if we see them all the time, doesn't that say that we're there all the time? <laughs> hmm. So um, what do you think about this? Is there life after meetings, Marv? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, a, a part of the implication of this topic is uh, do uh, meetings keep you sober? Ah. You know, there's that long argument that you hear all the time in meetings uh, right meter, meeting makers make it and stuff like that but uh, people that stop going they fall off the rails and yeah yeah and it's common um, that uh, people and I'm speaking in a general sense that they quit going um, I kind of have this idea that between five and seven years it seems mm -hmm. like 
people seem to drop off the map, and and a lot of times they're out drinking, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But not all of them. Not all of them. No. Um, the other situation that's come up in the last few months that I've seen is uh, people with thirty years. All of a sudden, they're out drinking. Um, After thirty years of sobriety. Yeah. Uh, a couple, not yeah. a, not a whole. Bunch. Were they re- regular meeting attenders? Yes. Yeah. Um. But my idea about it, uh, and I've experienced this, is, is you know I don't. I have gone to meetings every day for an extended period of sure. time. Sure. Sure. Me too. And uh, and then I've dropped. Uh, maybe to one or two or mm-hmm. one a week or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I think about it, uh, I guess what for me personally is I know they're there. Yeah. And I know I get help if I need it. And um, when I was going seven days a week, I was in a bad situation mentally and emotionally. Because you were going so often? No. no, You were going so often because you were in a bad situation. Because I was in a bad situation. I got you. I got you. And... uh, so I've done it long enough to know that, and this is just me. I'm not mm-hmm. saying for anybody else. To me, that is a gift from God, and I go back to it because I feel like the second tradition is right on the money. God expresses himself in our group conscience. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in a bind and I'm not getting any relief from my spiritual advisor or my sponsor, which nowadays isn't that often, but right. back in the day, I would go to meetings. Yeah. And, um, and but the thing about it is I had to let myself go to the meetings because there is, you know, I think here a while back you made a comment. Uh, if you don't have any... Uh, of uh, resentments, you haven't been to enough meetings. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So there's that too. Sure. But uh, for me, it's kind of like telling myself it's okay to go. It does. It that God works in those rooms, and and I'll get some help. You, you've made a statement on several occasions that there's a lot of power in observation. Yes. Right, and which makes me think about. There's another question. Why do we go to meetings? And so one of the reasons is if we're in a bind or before we're in a bind or whatever. But there's another aspect of this. And that is when we make, we kind of, I'm not going to use the word. I'm not even going to say that word. Okay. When we, we move from kind of a different realm, we move from being new, whatever that means. Some people feel new even in five years even in 10 years, right? Depending on the depth that they're working their program. Um, but let's say three to five years. There, there's there's that, that realm we move out of and we move into of where we're not going as much to actually receive as to give or to listen, to see where, to observe, to see where we can be a maximum service to God and the people in those rooms. Exactly. Right. And we make that that kind of a shift. Yes. Right. Now, now some may call that a form of service work or at least being in tune 
with the heartache and the issues and helping the alcoholic who still suffers within the rooms, right? But some people will make that shift and the way they help the alcoholic who still suffers is outside of the rooms. And and that's okay too. Um, but there is that, that shift that takes place. And at the same time, you don't actually, you're not abandoning the original reason you're there because like you were saying, Marv, that's still there yeah. for when you're in a pickle or feel like you're going a little sideways or right. whatever. That piece is always still there um, because you can't spend your whole involvement within your 12-step fellowship giving yourself away, right? Not all of it. You got to get fed too. Yeah. Well, you know, I go to AA to learn to live life. I don't mm -hmm. go to AA to have life. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Or to make it my life. Right. So Some people do, though. Well, uh, it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Margie, let me ask you this. What about those people that do make it their life? I mean, they are involved... There's not enough stuff that you could create for them to get involved in. They're constantly, they're the people that say, never say no, you know, and, and I'm one of those people that say, you need to learn to say no. Right. But, but early on, that may be some good advice. Right. Don't, don't turn down a request to pour coffee, clean a bathroom, open a meeting, open a door, everything from that all the way to uh, being in a servant role as GSR or or uh, regional or what, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but there are some people that they are 12-steppers in every aspect of their life. In fact, they will make the claim, I don't really have friends outside of my 12-step fellowship. Yeah. Right? Right. Is that okay? Well, I guess it's an individual thing, you know. Um, everybody has to do what's best for them, but... Uh, I know people like that. I've known people like that for years since I've been in and out of AA. And um, for me, it works best if I, um, you know, I'm like Marv. Like, I'll go to AA like every day when I'm hurting and when I'm really needing um, the support of, you know, people that are going through the same thing or have been through the same thing as me. But um, I don't want AA to be my life, you know. I want to work the principles of AA in my life. When oh, I'm, well said. When I'm not in the rooms, you know, right. I want to um, treat people um, with kindness and and um, understanding and uh, do the next right thing and you know uh, make amends and just you know treat treat people the way that I want to be treated and follow the things that I've learned in AA and the steps and um, outside of the rooms and in the rooms too but um, for me if I uh, get so wrapped up in the meetings and that's my whole life then um, it gets overwhelming eventually for me right and uh, you know it kind of is like a road to relapse for me it's it gets overwhelming and that's that's kind of a trigger for me if I get overwhelmed about anything then I I had in the past have been prone to relapse so um you know, it's like moderation for me. It's uh, 
I love my AA meetings and, um, but I love a lot of other things in my life too. Sure. And, uh, I have to learn to, um, kind of, I don't know, compartmentalize a little bit, I guess. And, uh, I don't know. Some people do get extremely wrapped up in AA and if that's what keeps them sober, then so be it. But I found that I have to, um, I have to, uh, live my life, uh, with AA and other aspects of it as well for the best, yeah. best life I need. So, so I, I think <clears throat> I used to be, at least in my head, very critical of people that made AA or NA or celebrate recovery or any of those things. Uh, that was all they ever did. Right. Um, because I would kind of default to that thinking of isn't the whole point is to learn how to become a productive member of society and society encompasses way more than the Friday night complain about your day meeting, right? Or the Saturday night, you know, everybody's wonderful meeting or whatever meeting you go to. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, if, if somebody, if that's how they're becoming a productive member of society, isn't that helping society? If they're serving to that capacity, I mean, some people will go to Bible college and they'll do an internship in a church. And that is the very church they end up pastoring at. We don't fault them for staying in that church, right? So if somebody gets sober in a home group and their service work develops there, and then everything about that home group is where they do all of their giving back, and their life is consumed by that, and they're staying sober. And more than staying sober, they're actually developing a healthy relationship with a power greater than themselves. And isn't that okay? I, I, I'm, I'm a whole lot less critical of that now. Yeah, I, I think it's okay. But like with our current situation, the way it is, I think there's problems that can uh, occur I mean, for instance, you know, when we, when the COVID thing first hit, mm-hmm. like I think it was late March when they just shut the rooms down altogether. And if you was were, that a knee jerk reaction, uh, well, or do you think it was a knee jerk reaction so. to just we're going to close everything down? Um, out of fear and <clears throat> well, I I don't know that I want to answer that. Question. Okay, all right. <laughs> There's wisdom I, right there. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, there's some things that went on that right. lead me to believe that the idea of a knee-jerk reaction is absolutely correct. So, I'll Which I leave, think a I'll, lot of our society did a knee-jerk reaction. Well, look what happened at the Capitol the other day. Right. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Sure, sure. <laughs> Do you think it was a knee-jerk reaction? Uh same as Marv. <laughs> I got no comment situation. Uh, but the thing is that people yeah. that, in my opinion, that were really wrapped up in their AA meetings and yeah. that was their life, you know, we know, we personally know quite a few people that relapsed. And I'm not saying this. Because the door shut? Absolutely, because of that. But yeah. it didn't help any. And so it kind of, to me, is like evidence that you should... If you can, try to expand your yeah, life now, a little bit. That's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Is it not? I mean, because what happens if you can't get to the meeting? I do get concerned when I hear people say, man, if I don't get to a meeting, I'm going to drink. 
Okay, I understand that if you've never worked the steps, if you've never applied the principle, the spiritual principles of the program in any way, shape, or form, and all you've done is sat in the chair and drank coffee, you're you're going to become meeting dependent. And as long as the meeting is operating, as long as the doors are open, you'll be you'll be all right, right? But what happens when they shut? If you don't have some spiritual principles to fall back on, um, or you haven't gotten to that place in maturity in your in your walk in your recovery, you may fall back into some old behaviors, um, and so we have to be mindful of that, right? Uh, but but there therein lies going back to what you first said, Marv. That thing about meeting makers make make it. We need to be careful that we're not we're not raising meeting dependent people, but helping to usher in God dependent people, because that's what the program of AA is. It, 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 if if you're not doing that, that's not AA. It, it it may be something very healthy. It may be something that's very doing a lot of good, but that's not AA. AA's whole whole thing is to help you develop a relationship with a power greater than yourself to help you solve your problem. And that power cannot be the rooms. Because if you're powerless, like Bruce used to say, and I'm powerless, zero plus zero, zero. Let's shift gears. Denver. Yeah. You are not necessarily a meeting attender. Not any longer. Any longer. So what's your take on all this? Because you, you, you're staying sober. You have a, a, a good job. You, you you do service work. You show up at this station. Um, I have a relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. which is uh, my mainstay. Right. You know, through this COVID thing, I I consider myself a very social person. So, uh, do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> really? And, 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 the, and those that actually know me would probably vouch for that. But I would we? I also, I also uh, cherish my alone time. And through this COVID thing, I, I've learned to uh, enjoy my company mm-hmm. a lot more. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I find a certain amount of serenity being alone. It's not that I'm isolating. It's just that I'm, I'm happy with who I am. Uh, I found some answers in my life. You know, I've stumbled along through this whole thing. Continue to stumble in life some, quite a bit. But uh, I have finally found, I've come to a place where, uh, oh, what is it? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. And it, it's just, the realization is, I'm tired. I, I've, I've given it to God. I'm going to do the best I can, but without Him, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I talk with him daily and regular. You know, I keep I keep my fellowship going with the people that I'm really close to, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you said the radio station here, I'm still in contact with Teen Challenge. I'm not out there right. much visiting due to the COVID. So you are you are it may not in, maybe not in the AANA conventional yeah. sense, but you are plugged into a recovery community. Correct. When I first started, you know, I was forced to go to a years ago due to the courts and that lasted about uh six meetings mm-hmm. and after that i said yeah this ain't for me well anyways i ended up in sweet home and uh 
and I was not mandated to go, but I started going to uh, meetings up there, and I fell in love with AA. I mean, I was there every meeting that they had. Right. And then we got into uh, a, a men's meeting up there that I helped get involved in and attended that even after I stopped going to the other meetings. But when I moved down here to the Valley, uh, I, I attended a few, and I never felt what I felt in Sweet Home. You know, that's... That 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 was a unique group of people. I have to, <laughs> to say. say the least. Because that was my home group for years. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I never felt the same as I did up there. So I, I haven't been to a lot of meetings down here. I've dropped mm-hmm. into a few and they've never uh struck me as well. Do you th- but then I ended up in Teen Challenge and right. that's where my real change began to happen. Because the the focus was much more in your face about who God was, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was blatant, and uh, I've always you needed that. You I've needed always that. Yeah. needed something, right? You know, whether it was the, I mean, I was aggressive in uh, finding the dark side, mm-hmm. you know, and I, yeah, yeah, I went there, <laughs> and it it filled a, a void in me mm-hmm. for a time, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't filling me fully. You know, I've always had a spiritual side, good or bad. It's been spiritual. Yeah, sure. And then I have a relationship with Christ, and suddenly it's a lot fuller. Well, Bob Dylan sang the song, you know, you're going to serve somebody. Everybody going to serve somebody. Yeah, everybody got to serve somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there would be those listening to this show right now that would be very critical of, of folks that started out attending meetings or going to AA or 12-step fellowship, and then, may I just say, maybe grew beyond that to where that is not, that's not their niche. And they would say, well, that guy's going to relapse. That guy's going to drink. That that gal's going to use, you know, because they haven't been around for quite a long time. It's only a matter of time. And yet there are people that attend meetings every day and they're still using. Right. Right? So so really how accurate is that? I mean <clears throat> I'm I'm just I'm just not I'm not willing to make that judgment call anymore. If you find something that works, mm-hmm. you should use it. Stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. No matter where that comes, whether it's AA uh, your church, uh, whatever. Yeah. If, if it's working for you, you should stick with it. Especially if it's doing more for you than just sobriety. Correct. If it's helping you grow and mature in, in a way that's beyond just abstinence. If, if you're not drunk, you're going to be able to uh, move forward <laughs> in life. I yeah. know that I stall. When I drink, I stall. Mm-hmm. It's a level. I don't, I don't. I don't do anything. I get stuck on drinking, and that's all I'll do. Sure. If I'm not, then I'm moving forward, and I'm going, well, you ought to do, you know, you could be better at that. Right. You know, be kinder, be nicer, lend a hand, whatever. You know, you're doing something proactive. Yeah. To whereas uh, if I'm drinking, I stall and I sit. I contemplate. Yeah, I got great ideas sometimes. Um. And, and come around full circle to to myself. Um, I try very hard to keep the out of county meeting experience very private. And I, I've had some bad experiences uh, 
<coughs> trying to have one foot in media and one foot in, in the fellowship locally. And so I, I've had to make some decisions to where I keep, where I go. For the most part, very few people know where I go. And, and I, I think I, I've known I've known directors of treatment programs uh, and outpatient programs that they are they're very active in their fellowships, but you, you you're not going to find them. And there's a reason for that. Um, but but one of the things one of the warnings I, I, I do because I've experienced this, one of the warnings about because I also work in in the recovery field professionally. That's not talking about the radio station. We don't get paid here. But as director of, of addiction education, if you will, and, and recovery education at a residential program, uh, a year-long residential program, um, I'm, I'm in the stuff all the time. That cannot replace one's personal recovery. And people, professionals in this field make that mistake a lot and they stop associating with people outside their profession that are in recovery and then they fall off the rails because it's 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 like the pastor uh, or the rabbi or the priest that that is constantly feeding their congregation or their synagogue or whatever and they're never getting mentored they're never you know they're never at somebody else's feet learning and that kind of thing. And then when the proverbial, you know what, hits the fan, they have nothing to lean on. So those of you who are in the profession and those of you that are uh, working in the recovery circles, if you don't have some people that are outside of that, that you can talk to and that you can be accountable to and that you can uh, help help you apply the principles that are in the program in your life, beware because it can come back and hit and bite you. Uh, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. What happened to so-and-so? He was the director of such and such. Well, he wasn't doing anything for his recovery. He was doing everything for everybody else's. And that is something that we can fall into even within our 12-step fellowships, mm-hmm. right? Yep. To where we're doing service, 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 service. Because, boy, we we sure drive that home, don't we? Don't we, Marv? Service work, service work, service work. To the point uh, where you're going to burn out. Yeah, that's why a lot of times I talk about this idea of legislation. Right. You know, trying to uh, we legislate got, morality. We got people in our groups that that are uh, uh, can have control issues, and uh, they see something going on. Well, you're not working the program, and uh, <clears throat> we have a guy in our group. With over 40 years of sobriety, mm-hmm. and he was chairing a specific day noon meeting. He didn't show up one day, and another guy who is a legislator jumped on him and shook his finger in his face and says, you are not working a good program. You didn't show up to chair your meeting. Oh, well, wow. The guy was at the doctor's office. Oh, my goodness. And I've seen that happen. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, I get tight-jawed about stuff like that. <laughs> I really do. Um, I I was uh, in a meeting several years ago. Um, it was a rather large one, and I was whining and boohooing about stuff going on in the meetings. And, and this guy, I, I I know who he is. I see his face, but I can't remember his name. But uh, that's an important. But but. He he interrupted me, which, you know, technically is a no-no, right? But he did, but I'm glad he did. He said, perhaps you're going to too many meetings. And I thought, what a concept. Because he was right. I was like three times a day, every day, wow. six times on Sunday kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, it was crazy. And then I was wondering why I was getting a resentment. Well, let me tell you something. When when you're spending that much time with people, they become your family. And I don't know too many families that spend that much time together <laughs> that don't have a bone to pick with each other once in a while. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's good to go over here and go to that meeting for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, don't stop going, but but find something else to plug into that's helping feed your recovery. But maybe you should step back a little bit, get some perspective. Because I don't care who you hang out with. You hang out with somebody, one person, long enough, you're going to find a character defect that pushes your buttons. (laughs) You just will. You know, and then we have to pause and ask the question, why am I got my button sticking out so far? Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, I mean, we... We are unrecovered control freaks that get into recovery and we're still control freaks <clears throat> many times. Mm-hmm. So with that, any closing thoughts? I do. Good. I, I have one thought, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a section in there that says, you know, there's a season for all things, Mm. a time to be born, a time to die. Sure. You know, and I look at it personally that way about meetings. There's a season. There's a time. And, um, yeah, I go once or twice a week, you know, and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. But when the time comes i know where to go yeah and that's the most important part to me and that's important so anyway we we are fortunate to to live in the kind of community that here in in lynn county lynn benton lane uh counties that normally (laughs) if you just look at the terrain even normally might have one or two meetings and we're just inundated with meetings. I mean, there there is a meeting on every corner every day of the week. I mean, you you can't escape it. There there there's nobody can say I can't find one. You know right. what I mean? I'm I'm amazed at you know the meeting schedule just for Lynn County. Mm-hmm. Um, there are major metropolitan cities that don't have as many meetings as this county has. Now, I'm not saying they're all healthy and wonderful and, you know, yip, yip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray, I didn't drink today kind of meetings, but they're out there. And if you want to find one that'll 
tick you off, you'll find those. And if you want to find one that'll, you know, um, help you in your recovery and, and help you grow and develop your relationship uh, with a power greater than yourself, you'll find those. Um, but there's a lot. And, and faith-based, uh, agnostic, uh, LGBT4934, oh, I don't know, whatever, they call it. you know, you got those, you got... You got uh, uh, what, stag meetings. You, you got. Do we have any women's meetings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yep. have women's meetings. Um, and whatever your thoughts on that is, specialized meetings, whether that's a tradition break or not, you know that's not that's for another show. But <clears throat> the fact is, there is a wide variety. Yeah. Uh, and you know, no, just without excuse, if you're looking for a meeting, you can't say, "Well, I, I can't find one," right. or you know, that didn't work. Uh. Well then, try another one. I mean, they're 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 all there. so we're real fortunate for that. Any closing thoughts, Margie? Um, no, just um, I know personally, I kind of switched my main meeting here recently to uh, early morning meeting. Um, for me, that works good because um, I like to start my day with a dose of sobriety, and uh, that worked for me. But I'm just saying that if somebody's like maybe their meeting is not working for him like like you said try another meeting sure. maybe different time of the day yeah Denver closing thoughts it's a new year attitude shift ooh let's get started <laughs> yeah yeah if somebody said it's just another number to whine about 2021 yeah maybe so far I don't know <laughs> we'll see we'll, we'll see <laughs> uh, I, I do know this that um just because all this stuff that's going on politically and socially and everything's going on, <clears throat> don't pull back from your recovery. You know, if anything, press in. Press in. Because uh, if it hasn't gotten interesting enough for you yet, it's gonna. It's coming. It's gonna. All right. Our closing song is by our friend Don Wilder, donwilder.com. That's D A W N. W-I-L-D-E-R dot com. And it is entitled Believe. Here's Don. So much in your way 
the beautiful voice of our friend Don Wilder. For more of her music and videos, visit her website at donwilder.com. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. This is the place. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Meow, meow, meow. Woof, woof.